This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. Somebody in the main room yesterday said that one of the biggest balancing acts that they're facing is balancing hubris with humility. And I thought that that was such a great quote, not only as we think about the future of healthcare organizations, how do we prioritize growth strategies with what's realistic, what can we do with the resources that we've got, what is perhaps our mission-based need that we need to meet as well. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I am your host, Trevor Durin, but I am here with my two co-hosts, Tori Ritchie and Jamie's Age, because we've just spent the last couple of days together at the SG2 Executive Summit. All the three of us were all a part of the delivery of a variety of different sessions. We got to spend time with different members. And because we're not really all in the same place, I thought it'd be fun to get together and put our heads together and have a quick debrief on some of the fun things we heard, not just from presenters, but from members too, and how they're reacting to that. Jamie and Tori, thank you so much for joining me. All of our intelligence is a blend of reflecting what we're hearing from leading health systems, but then pushing our perspective and helping them think about where they need to be in the future. I at least thought about some of the things I heard into those buckets. Tori, I'll go to you first. What's something you heard that was just a good affirmation that this was a good reflection of some of the things our members are spending a lot of their time on right now? And for them, I think some of it is just getting to come and see a national perspective and say like, oh, good. Yeah, others are dealing with this in the same way we are. The last couple of days have been an affirmation of so many of the trends we've been talking about. And in my conversations with members, and this actually came up on one of the panels yesterday, is the idea that we can't cut our way out. We're facing capacity constraints. We're facing workforce challenges that are the new reality. We're facing rising patient acuity. We're facing a difficult financial environment. And we need to think about how we're actually going to innovate and redesign the way that we're providing care. We're not simply going to be able to cut corners here and there to have a viable business moving forward. For me, similarly, I heard a lot of things that seem to resonate around the workforce challenges. There's an acknowledgement that, yeah, we're doing some things different. Our own Stephanie Snyder, our behavioral health lead, even mentioned during the service line panel that we really have to think about how we do things differently. It's not that we have necessarily a shortage of psychiatrists, for instance. It's that we are not using psychiatrists in the context of team-based care. And that's what we've seen, that innovation in the workforce and how we use different providers. That's something that Jennifer and Janelle talked about as well. I even heard it in the panel yesterday where the gentleman from Compass One talked about how they're really leaning in as some of that industry support, knowing that the workforce is a challenge and how can they be a good partner to try to ease some of those issues. And it even came up in the LSI breakout, the life science and industry breakout today, where they're having a lot of our suppliers or pharmaceutical companies or device companies or med surge supply companies, they're also having labor shortages. That whole concept really resonated across multiple facets and multiple audiences that we had with us over the last couple of days. Both good ones. It's almost like we had time to prep for this because the things I heard were different. The first that I heard from in two different conversations, one small community hospital, one AMC, was our message about the future of the medical group was totally resonating because they were asking questions of themselves that were the same scale about, can we really keep employing primary care and have it look the same as it 
looked before. The expectations around downstream referrals and business haven't panned out. Why are we making future assumptions about business lines based on that? How can we adapt either those assumptions or our model? Systems have been asking those questions for a while, but I think they're asking them at a bigger scale and with the option of like needing to blow it up more front and center than it's been before and a more realistic possibility for the future. That was a big one for me. The other one was around bed needs, and Tori, this is your wheelhouse with the forecast. The difference between what our forecast is saying about what AMCs may need in the future versus community hospitals and trying to balance that with what they're seeing today and their internal reaction, because historically the reaction, you're full, you need more beds, and that's the plan. That was a big one. And then, of course, all, Jamie, the work you've done around shifts to home, that's a huge piece for so many systems right now. And the good news is they're moving at a slower pace because money's expensive. They're not working towards a deadline right now, but they know they need to be realistic about the plan for their inpatient footprint. So that was a big one. And then the last one was, I keep getting pulled into conversations with members that really reflects the big themes and setup around how systems are looking for balance. We've gotten so good at reacting to operational problems, but we've done it at the expense of thinking two or three steps down the road. We did some of that through our session through scenario planning. I've heard others do it and just getting operators more involved in strategic discussions because they got to sit back and not be part of them for a couple of years. Teams are looking to re-engage and rethinking their planning process to get more of the implementers involved early on. Trevor, that supports a number of the conversations I had as well. And certainly with my domain sitting in the impact of change forecast, a lot of the discussions that I have with folks tend to lean toward that future demand. There seems to be an appetite to re-examine perhaps how care is being distributed. So service optimization, folks are actually ready to act on these ideas. Folks seem to be in a place today where they weren't a couple years back. They recognize they can't have CV surgical services at every single one of their hospitals. It just doesn't make sense anymore. The issue is, of course, misaligned incentives that tell the hospital president and hospital A that he's not going to have CV surgical services anymore. They're going to go to the academic medical center down the road. There's certainly some governance issues to work through there, but there seems to be more of an appetite. And I think that that's also very exciting. I heard a little bit more on the balance theme as well. That was not where I expected to hear it in the consumer journey panel. They talked about the importance of really listening and engaging the consumer and that internal versus external balance. So external, spending more time with your consumers, your future patients, and understanding how and where they want to use care. And from there, that's really the 60%. And then internal, the 40% is how you react to that, how you deliver on and meet their expectations. And so that was an interesting balance piece that I hadn't expected came from some of our external, external to our team, but internal to Vizient colleagues. Those are good ones. All right. I want to hear a place you think we pushed members well. Something we were putting out there that they came back and said, that's not really the way we're thinking about it, but maybe we need to. And I'm going to go first because I don't want you guys to take mine. The first is in the surgical shift discussion around understanding expectations around service line and procedures that we're going to shift to ASC. I really like the way Tony Guth set it up. He said there's just like one impetus in a market that like tips it over the edge. If it hasn't tipped over the edge yet in your market, you have to decide if you're going to be that impetus or not, or try and predict who's going to do it and when. 
Or if there already has been an impetus, you have to decide how you're going to react. I just like the way he framed it very well. And members are more often reacting and less often being comfortable being that impetus in their markets. The other one was, and I bet I'm taking this off your list because it was a really good one, in the workforce talk when they talked about the impact of climate. I heard a bunch of members say, like, we have thought about the impact of climate change in a variety of other areas, but not on our workforce. And there's enough workforce problems, but if we're thinking really big about redefining our workforce and redesigning care models around that, we need to bring climate in as a piece. So I really like those two. Jamie, I bet you had two good ones too. One that I think resonated a lot although there is a little bit of a conundrum at the end of it, was this whole discussion around AI. It even came up in our life sciences breakout session where we were overviewing what was happening in the other breakouts. But the artificial intelligence discussion and where can it go really gets people talking. They know it's coming. They're trying to anticipate how it's going to impact what they're doing, how they need to do the work they do. A lot of it is still administrative and back-end office, but there's a lot of concern or talk and pushback on what does it mean for how we're actually clinically going to deliver care. What's interesting about it is our keynote, again, kind of pulling from his talk, he talked about how as ChatGPT really evolves and pushes, it's going to get to a point where it has empathy and can actually communicate better than the physician can. Now, he made the point of saying that the current you know, analysis is probably because physicians are just so busy, they're not taking the time to I do that. Know. The bar was pretty low. Physicians can be more empathetic. What was really interesting about it from my perspective, is going back to the consumer panel and the consumer journey. And this is something that really resonated with everybody in the group. Patient loyalty is built on those personal interactions and those relationships. Even if ChatGPT might be able to pull the right words together to make a patient feel better taken care of, better understood, that personal interaction piece is still missing. And I think that personal interaction piece is the one thing we're going to see healthcare providers still need to be that element of it. That's the part I think what was resonating with that consumer journey panel. The other one, the capacity issues. The fact that academic medical centers have been having capacity issues for a long time. So when the message of we actually have inequity in capacity issues where AMCs are dealing with the brunt of it versus the community hospitals. There's no pushback on that. Everybody knows where that is. So that was the other one that I think everybody resonated with. We get it. That's why we're ready for service distribution, as we've heard, because we know we need to solve this in different ways. I'm glad that neither of you stole mine. I always get nervous going last in these types of setups. The thing that I, I think we started to really push members on is really understanding the impact that disruptors are going to have on the healthcare landscape. Folks often hear of whether it's Amazon, Walmart, Optum, you name it, getting involved in the healthcare landscape. It's, it's easy to brush off because it seems still kind of far away. And until something's happening in your market, it doesn't seem like it's really going to erode market share for you. And the game changers breakout that you did, it seemed to have really pushed members 
thinking about what the downstream impacts are going to be of those disruptors and recognizing that they need to have a go-to-market strategy to retain the market share that they have, remain appealing to consumers. And even if that means shifting volumes around and getting reimbursed at perhaps a lower cost because of the side of care that's being utilized, that's far better than losing that patient altogether. So good to see progress in, in that area. Agreed. I did think people were reacting as if they felt it a little more now, even if they couldn't see it and measure it in their market. All right, last question. Between a conversation or listening to a session, was it just a good quote that stuck with you from the last couple of days? Okay, I'm going to jump in and go first because I don't want either of you to steal mine. Somebody in the main room yesterday said that one of the biggest balancing acts that they're facing is balancing hubris with humility. And I thought that that was such a great quote, not only as we think about the future of healthcare organizations, how do we prioritize growth strategies with what's realistic, what can we do with the resources that we've got, what is perhaps our mission-based need that we need to meet as well. But I think that for all of us moving forward, keeping that quote in the back of our mind is just a nice thing to have in your back pocket. That's lovely. That's much nicer and bigger scale than the one I had. I just really liked something from the closing keynote where he said in the early days of TV, it was just radio that they were filming. And so like, yes, we were using the new technology, but we hadn't developed it as a medium the way it was maximized to do. But it was still a first step to just put something that was radio on TV. I don't know. I like analogies. I like that one. I'm probably going to steal it from him and use it somewhere else. Wow, you guys have some great quotes. There's two. There was one off of our panel, our leader from North Shore Edwards and their merger. She was talking about that integration of two health systems. She said the balancing act for her and their team was when was the right time to create that new strategic plan? And that was something that struck with me in all the work that I've done on org structures and things over the years. The timing of developing the strategic plan was something that I hadn't really thought about. That one really caught my attention. The other one that caught my attention as well, given who it came from, which was from our supplier on that panel, he said workforce will never be the same. I think we all agree with that. We've talked about the workforce thing, but just that acknowledgement and that statement by someone who's part of the ecosystem but isn't a provider to say this has changed forever also really caught my attention. Those are good ones. Thanks. Well, Jamie and Tori, guys, we're done with the Executive Summit now. We made it. Yay! Thank you, as always, for joining. It's fun when we get to do one together. Thank you. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Tori. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes. And you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Vizient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts. Mm-hmm.